Okay, cool. I think I'm ready. Cool. If you're ready. I am. Rhetoric Frederick, as they say, for the full length. <laughs> I think they do. Welcome to Super Superstitious. Oh, I thought we were it all at once. <laughs> the Paranormal Podcast about the science of the strange. I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake. And we are back. Indeed. Friends, family, and other Friends, Romans, countrymen. We now approach the Colosseum, the arena, the top peak of Mount Doom, Olympus. And (laughs) all this is to say that it is March Madness. Madness, Madness, because we're doing it again. This is now the second time. It's our second anniversary. I think it's going to come out almost the same day to the actual date of our first uh, March Madness. And for Super Duper Sisters, that means... uh, a tournament of cults. It's time once again to figure out which cult did it best. <laughs> yep. Who wore it? Who wore it? Who worked it? <laughs> exactly. Who twerked in it? That means using the we use it every week now. The NCAA. But yes. if you didn't, uh, if you weren't there with us two years ago, you may not know why we call it that. What the hell that's about? Uh, its original function before we added on the pander feature is, um, well, it really kind of stems back to its actual full name, Wyatt. Which is, of course, is the Nominal Cults Antagonism Association Analyzer, uh, a, a, a title that was still in mind for me every day that I just chose not to read out, and <laughs> in no way have I been helped by Jake looking it up and writing it down. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, what it means is this machine allows us to actually... Take these cults from wherever they are in space and time, put them inside of the machine, and then make them battle for 10,000 years, all in the span was it of... Was 10? I thought it was longer. Uh, it started with 10, I think. That's setting number one. Yeah. I think it goes up to 400, so you can do the math on that end. Um, <laughs> they will experience 10,000 years of continuous battle. <laughs> Which for us will only seem like a second or so. For us, it'll be but a moment. It allows us to uh, just see who actually will win without having to take the time to uh, really let it all play out, and uh, it's <laughs> it's convenient. Say something along the lines of <laughs> they go in and come out extremely old, but we're just the same age. <laughs> so the format will this will take is uh, your standard uh, single elimination tournament bracket thing. Um, so put your bets down. Yes, follow along at home. I did mean to put the bracket out days ago so you could be thinking about it i didn't get around to it so uh in, instead i guess hopefully the bracket will be like available right now for you to look at before the episode starts and then you can just like make decisions yeah. as it happens pause pause right now download the bracket it's only 30 bucks we put it up on our website <laughs> um oh wait i'm being informed it is free and <laughs> you can you can fill in who you think is going to win and then you can wonder why you're doing this while driving to work or whatever you're doing right now. So, Jake, should we start this bad boy? Yes. And I think uh, the best way to start out this whole uh, sport-themed episode would be with our sponsors. Ooh. March Matterness is brought to you in part by listeners like you. It's only through your support that we're able to bring this kind of CPU-demanding simulation uh, to your doorstep, to your ear holes. And the best way to thank you would be with the machine itself. So I'll turn oh, this yes. on. There ah. it goes. All right. Now we go ahead and plug it into our uh, spinal 
cord situation. Yes, indeed. Those of you who do, who have been around for for more than just this one episode, weird, weird place to start if you are here for the first time. Yeah, uh, this is some insider baseball. Uh, but this machine, with this setting, allows us to use the dark ether to calculate what our Patreon patrons each individually need to look at, need to look out for in terms of cryptids, creatures, monsters in the world. Oh yeah, baby. Because this is not only the uh, two-year anniversary of our first doing March Madness, but also the two-year anniversary of our launching our Patreon. Oh, um, yeah. This special occasion calls for, I think, two, two panders. So for starters, we're looking at Harry, Harry Clark, Clark from, from somewhere, somewhere in the UK. <laughs> uh, Harry, I owe you stickers, but I need your mailing address first. I'll send you a message. Harry, be on the lookout for Goliath Frog. Goliath Frog. Wow. My goodness. <laughs> the big frog. As we all know, by the early 20th century, Western science had determined that giant amphibians other than salamanders were nothing more than a relic of the prehistoric past until 1906, when the world's largest frog was discovered in remote Africa, England's favorite part of the world. <laughs> Carl Schunker, a world-leading cryptozoologist, stated that his discovery was, quote, one of the most dramatic amphibian discoveries of all time. So, Harry, <laughs> it sounds like you just need to look out for frog. Look out for frog. Uh, if you it are in Cameroon or Equatorial Guinea, uh, you may see big frog. There it is with what seems to be a wristwatch um, next to it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Big frog. Indeed, for scale. <laughs> it does appear to be a very large frog, unless that wristwatch came out of a child's gumball machine, uh-huh. <laughs> in which case it is basically a standard frog. Uh, if you ever hear someone say the words... Wow, look at uh, that freaking Con- frog. Conrawa Goliath. Holy God damn. That is a okay, big it looks frog. to be a very large frog. Yes. Oof. Oh, and they can live up to 21 years. My goodness. 15 in the Just wild, 21 in captivity. Drink. I, I read this wrong. It's preyed upon by snakes, Nile crocodiles, and Nile monitors. I read that the other way around, and then its primary prey is snakes, Nile oh, crocodiles, God. and Nile monitors. If they were small enough, I'm sure it would gobble them up. Yeah, probably. Harry, it's a, it's a real-life monster, comma, ah. Uh, and <laughs> uh, much as its family name, Randaday, suggests, you should run away <laughs> if you're ever in Cameroon or Equatorial Guinea. <laughs> And thank you so much for supporting the show. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Yes. And uh, I think we might as well give uh, another... We punch in another... That's the sound of typing. Yep. And we're thanking... Cece from British from Columbia. I also want to thank Cece for uh, her help behind the scenes with a friggin' episode guide thing that... I guess I, I guess Cece is a, a glutton for punishment and so has been re-listening to all the episodes... And helping me make a guide of a big spreadsheet of all the shit that we've covered so that we wow. can more easily search that stuff because uh, we've forgotten most of what we've done. <laughs> we just covered the same 10 things over and over again. Yep. <laughs> kind of true. <laughs> all right, let's boot it up. <laughs> Look out for. Akatiko. Meaning red child's hand. It's an Oof. unusual yokai found in Japanese honey locust trees. Wow. Takes the form of a small red disembodied hand suspended uh, suspended by some sort of string. This looks like mm. a ghoulish piñata. 
you will need to be on the lookout if you're in Japan because essentially this thing will wait in the tree until somebody walks under it. It then drops down out of the tree in front of the person. And that's about it. While it is startling and creepy, it's not known to cause any particular harm other than just being a hand in front of you. Maybe just walk with your hand out <laughs> for a surprise, grotesque high five. Uh, however, it is possible that walking near the tree where these hands live can still be dangerous. Sometimes people encounter what appears to be a beautiful furisoda wearing 17 or 18 year old girl who stands under the tree. Anybody who sees her immediately is affected by a horrible fever. Yikes. It's unknown what relation, if any, she has to the Akateko. In some local version of the story, it uh, works with another yokai called the Akaashi. They grab at the feet of passersby, causing them to stumble. That sounds much more dangerous. A possible explanation for this. <laughs> ah! Is that it is an undiscovered species of red spider. <laughs> Which, you know might make for a very tiny hand depending because i believe japan is very much in the temperate zone and uh don't know how big a spider would get over there but hey you know yeah you never know yep so be on the lookout for japan <laughs> be on the lookout for honey locust trees and, and thank, thank you. you so much for your support very much <laughs> we really appreciate it yes uh, well we can unplug these cords i guess for now for this Ooh, part of yeah there we go if you do want to support us on Patreon for even a dollar, you too can have your name entered into the algorithm to have your creature calculated on the Pander function. Uh, oh, above and beyond that, you can get um, curated bonus outtakes for every month. Every time I say outtakes, I feel like I hit the, the O in a weird way. Outtakes. Oop-tics. Curated bonus <laughs> outtakes. Um, as well as uh, weekly mini-sodes, quarterly stickers that no one else can get. It's all good stuff. Check it out on our Patreon, and we we thank you for it. We thank you so very much. Now, I'm going to change over the... Um, I'm going to keep this little bad boy running and change over the uh, settings to get us ready for the tournament. Wyatt, do you, in the meantime, want to talk a little bit about beer? Yes, I would love to talk about beer, Jake. Beer specifically from the official sponsor of March Madness Super Duperstitious Edition. Four Phantoms, a delightful little brewery in... Oh, my God, I almost said Eastern Massachusetts. What is going on with my brain? <laughs> In Western Massachusetts, I've said it before, I'll say it again, they sponsor a show, but we'd still plug them even if they didn't. Even if they didn't want us to. They can't stop us. I'd, I'd pay them to, to plug the shit. <laughs> now, of course, delicious beer coming out of Four Phantoms, little brewery in Eastern Massachusetts. They're about to have... Western Massachusetts. <laughs> oh, God, Jake. <laughs> You're basically there. You don't know where you are. What state is this? <laughs> This is what happens when I go off script. So they got beers like Purple Potion, a delicious... Let me do it, Jake. Okay. <laughs> Little brewery in Western Massachusetts. Just keep repeating They've got delicious, that part and nothing else. <laughs> delicious offerings. <laughs> such as Purple Potion, an annual favorite, berry sour... Of the poison variety. Of the poison variety. Not to be confused with poison berry. <laughs> um, laced with a nice invigorating aroma of lavender... <laughs> and they have two new, all new offerings. The very cool sounding Battle Standard, which is a lager brewed with German malt and American Equinot. <laughs> the most dangerous sounding hop in the world, as well as Amarillo hops. There's also the Hand of Doom, which is your mm-hmm. daddy's stout, <laughs> clocking in at a 9% Ab. oatmeal stout percentage. Okay. <laughs> 
delicious post-dinner or pre-dinner or during dinner delight. Or breakfast. Or breakfast, for that matter. Uh, Chock-a-block with chocolate, caramel, oatmeal goodness. Gotta love an oatmeal stout. All three and more are available, including, I'm sure, Dirtweed, which is one of the better IPAs I think either of us has ever poured across our mouths. (laughs) And sometimes into it (laughs) when we're lucky. People don't realize I tend to pour my beer past my face. (laughs) I kind of drink it like a cat would drink from a tap. Exactly. (laughs) You can buy Four Phantoms in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. They're available online and for curbside pickup. As far as I know, they will soon have a brick-and-mortar shop in mm-hmm. which to drink the beer directly from the keg, as well you as have awesome head into food, it, yeah. it sounds like. I was yeah. talking with Drew the other day. They have very tasty-sounding food in Ooh. the works. You know, sharpen those forks and knives now. Bring them with you to get the food yes, there. Yes, bring them. They, it's BYO fork and knife, so. Bayafk. <laughs> <laughs> um, please, in the meantime, review these goofballs on Untapped. Because, gosh darn it, it'll raise their profile, mm-hmm. and that'll raise their distribution capacity. Then soon enough, we can all be sucking on the Tums. <laughs> JK, don't put that in. Thank you, Four <laughs> Phantoms. Thank you we very really much. appreciate it. We love you guys. Back to the show. All right, I think I have everything set up, so we're ready to start this thing. So I'm going to fire up the main function of the NCAA. Here we go. Oh, my God. I imagine there will be sports music. There it is. Yep. (laughs) So before Uh, we get into the tournament itself, uh, let's just review a little bit what a cult is. Wyatt, do you want to talk a little bit about a cult? Is it just kind of off the cuff? Organizations with many members, sometimes only a few, though. These are... Usually kind of religious in flavor. They have some sort of belief, um, guiding belief or principle that organizes people's behavior, often around a central figure who tends to be the mouthpiece for that set of rules. They provide structure and a sense of stability to people at the cost of often their personal will and choice. Yep. (laughs) Cults, we're kind of using that term as more of a blanket term for some things it's also stuff not as are considered new religious movements which is just like yeah it's it's generally a cult it's just something we see as atypical um seems weird to people who aren't part of it it can sometimes be harmful and horrible or it can just be hey a little different we have stuff that covers kind of both of those uh varieties this week but we will be calling them all cults because it's faster to say and more playful Last time we brought in, what was it? Like sixteen cults. Holy I shit. think so. We, we we're uh, this <laughs> we time. Did the math wrong. This, yeah, we uh, we maybe realized we uh, did it for more rounds than we had time for, or maybe that's just how it's supposed to work for those particular divisions. This time we have eight. It's fine. These uh, these represent the uh, the Earth division and the planetary division in this particular league. <laughs> so we're going to begin with the quarterfinals, and that will be. Chen Tao versus the Brethren. Wyatt. Oh my. Earth Division. Chen Tao. Give me some facts. Let me take it away. So, on one side of the court, going into one end of the NCAA device, is Chen Tao. I just want to say right now, there's a ton of wacky details around Chen Tao as a cult. Uh, So, I don't have time to cover it all today while we watch them walk into the machine. 
But do check out Charles Houston Prather's article on this cult if you really want to take the ride, which will be linked in the episode notes. So this is a Taiwanese cult founded by Hunming Chen, officially res- registered in Taiwan as the Chinese Soul Light Research Association, mm-hmm. and also known as God's Salvation Church in America. As articulated by Hunming Chen himself, the group believed that Earth went through five tribulations all the way back to the age of the dinosaurs. Wow. A.K.A. the oldest the Earth has ever possibly been. <laughs> uh, each one of these tribulations was survived by beings living specifically in North America <laughs> who were rescued by God in a... Jake, can you guess? Uh, a fiat. Close enough. In a flying saucer. Oh, of course. God's chosen vehicle. Chen believed our solar system is 4.5 trillion years old (laughs) or about 300 times older than our best empirical estimation of the universe's current age. Of the entire universe's age, exactly. (laughs) Uh, He also believed the solar system was created by nuclear war and that outside souls, essentially evil demons, operated in the human world. Interesting. There's going to be other groups who believe that a lot of stuff in our solar system was due to nuclear war as well, but we'll get there. Yowza. Could you fill us in on the Brethren? The Brethren. Uh, this group has no formal name, but for our purposes today, I'll be referring to them as the Brethren. Uh, the group started in the early 1970s when Jimmy T. Roberts, who's the son of a Pentecostal minister... It's good. It's good era for cults, I gotta say. Late yes, 60s, it was. Late 70s. So he, he was the son of a Pentecostal minister, and he also it was a former Marine sergeant. Uh, he started drawing together followers of the Jesus movement across the U.S. Mm. He, he felt that mainstream churches were too worldly, so he wanted a wandering discipleship patterned on the New Testament apostles. So he wanted to kind of okay. ha- follow that sort of model of, of doing things. So he initially began recruiting in Colorado and California. Trying to go real OGJC on the whole situation. Yes. So the main thing here is that the group believed that the only way to salvation is to give up all worldly possessions and focused fully on Jesus stuff because, by the way, he's coming back pretty soon. Classic. And the world will end, and you don't want to get caught owning stuff when that happens, do you? Man, oh, man. It's a doomsday call is what I'm saying. Uh, (laughs) They based these beliefs on six key pieces of scripture that did, in fact, indicate that abandoning materialism is the way to go, and they added doomsday stuff to that. Naturally. So why, give me some some more info about Chen Tao. Well, according to what I've been able to find, the group is best known for a calamitous millennial prophecy. Unlike all other cults, am I right? Mm-hmm. That's just a call joke for everyone at home. <laughs> Chen predicted that at 12.01 a.m. on March 31st, 1998, God would be seen on a single television channel across North America. <laughs> so this is an important note for our younger listeners. Back in the day, you didn't have your YouTubes, didn't have your Instagrams. <laughs> you just watched TV. And there was like one channel. Just kidding. There was like thousand channels oh my god tv i feel like by the end of the 90s it's already getting way up there channel wise yeah. absurd anyway as you might have guessed it did happen <laughs> was this the max headroom thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh people bailed on the cult ah. they, were, they were outy uh chen himself was even quoted as saying to the media i would recommend anybody not believe what i said anymore <laughs> wow yes that's he interesting was, he bowed out pretty hard. Wow, usually they double down. It's cool that he was like, well, I guess I was wrong. Sorry, guys. Indeed. It's kind huh. of a, a nice, an affable feature. It's refreshing. It is. 
How about you, Jake? What's the deal with the brethren? Well, they live communally. Lots of thong sandals. Yeah, they live communally and nomadically, moving from city to city, enthusiastically attempting to recruit members in a life of deliberate poverty and simplicity. Mm. Uh, this is best represented by their simple tunics and their practice of doing minimal odd jobs to make ends meet. Married couples can join um, the group, but unmarried people have to be celibate. Uh, they don't want sex outside of marriage. They also basically don't allow marriage by group members who are single because, quote, the hour is too late. So they Tough probably, times. Yeah, they think, oh, the world's going to end very soon. There's no time to get married if you're not already there. But what if, here's one, here's a curveball for them. I wonder what they would say to someone who was who had their wedding date set, but then they joined. They were like, look, man, it's in the books. Hmm. I'm going to get married. They're like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested to see what that what that would uh how they go with that? Uh, one other thing about the two uh, members cannot watch TV, read newspapers, go to movies, or seek medical support when sick. No big deal. Yeah. How many members and what, are the, what do they call themselves in Chen Tao? Well, when the cult moved to Garland, Texas, which incidentally they moved to because it sounded like Godland, <laughs> they had about 160 members, 40 of which were children. Hmm. So much unlike the brethren... I think they were really getting after it pretty hard in Chen Tao. <laughs> uh, and I am not sure what they call themselves. Okay. How about the Brethren? Members of Chen Tao, I guess. Uh, the yeah. Brethren went so, by a bunch of different names. Um, the Brotherhood, Brothers and Sisters, the Roberts Group, the Brethren, the Body of Christ, and Garbage Eaters. This latter name uh, is... Uh, <laughs> It's more of a they derogatory. should have themselves the latter name saints, am I right? <laughs> yes. Man, I got a million of them today. Go on. <laughs> that latter name was given to them mostly by outsiders as a derogatory way of referring to the fact that they often would get their food by raiding the dumpsters outside of grocery stores looking for discarded um, like food that was just passed its, its uh, sell-by date or whatever that was just going to waste, and that's how they get a lot of their food. So by eating out of dumpsters, which, I mean, better than going to waste, but yeah. Works for me. Looks like around... Probably around a hundred or so still active today. It's hard to say because they're they're oh very secretive in order to avoid, as they claim, being abducted by deep programmers who want to take them out of their religion that they care so much about. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, so they're trying to avoid that. Naturally. Uh, what are what are some moves we can expect in this this tournament today from Chen Tao? Well, we've got three main moves. I'd say their strongest defensive move would be wearing their usual white cowboy hats, white sweatsuits, and white sneakers, Ooh. and driving around in six white sedans <laughs> to Gary, Indiana, to pray. I think their best defensive maneuver we can expect within the machine is going to be admitting their whole thing was probably just a wild dream. <laughs> and I think a sort of wild card that we can expect out of Chen Tao will be the fact that they were a doomsday cult that rejected the concept of mass suicide, even when it was super cool to do that sort of thing if you were a cult in the late 90s. Jake, how about you? What's going on with the Brethren? What are we going to see out of them? Well, we got a different Doomsday cult here, and uh, I feel like their strongest offensive move probably would be just leaving everyone behind when Doomsday rolls around. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to join, then I guess you're fucked. Um, from what we can tell, Doomsday still hasn't come yet. I don't know if they have a specific date set for it, so they are able to still say, oh, it's coming. Um, best defensive move, they had a pretty impossible to trace. See above about them being super secretive. So oh, yeah, they're always on the move, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as wild card sort of situation. Just like Jesus. <laughs> yes. Uh, wild card is um, 
they yeah that not really they don't really talk to anyone outside of the group except to try and recruit them including worried family members so you know you might not get to find out what's going on unless you're going to join up my goodness well let's usher them into the machine and see if we don't hear more about them after they've battled it out all right so put it in set the set the timer for 10,000 years <laughs> and Ooh. let's see who it is who wins Chen Tao. Oh right. my gosh. Looks like just showing up to the fight was maybe enough. <laughs> the brethren <laughs> probably just dissipated into oblivion. <laughs> so we'll wait and see where Chen Tao uh, shakes out in the next round, going yes. up to the semifinals here. Second match at the quarterfinals for the Earth Division is uh, Crypto Bros. Crypto Bros versus the Ethereus Society. Wow, this feels like a really good combo already. <laughs> uh, Jake, since I told you about Chen Tao first off last round, do you want to kick us off with the Ethereum Society? Sure. All right, so the Ethereum Society is an uh, international spiritual organization dedicated to spreading and acting upon the teachings of advanced extraterrestrial intelligences. Uh, nice. All of this is 100% in their own words, actually, from their website, so I could just ah, quote them straight up. Exciting. They work in direct cooperation with the gods from space, to help bring about peace, healing, and upliftment on Earth. All right. Uh, this is, the society was founded in the mid-1950s by an English taxi driver named George King shortly after he was contacted in London by an extraterrestrial intelligence known as Ethereus. Uh, the main body of the, of the society's teachings consists of the wisdom given through the mediumship of Dr. King by the master Ethereus and other advanced intelligences from this world and beyond. I wonder if, and this is a little bit of a hand tip to mine, but... <laughs> If Ethereus spends Ethereum. <laughs> the single greatest aspect of the society teaching, uh, teaching is the importance of selfless service to others. The society's nice. motto is, quote, service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. Tell me about crypto shit, Wyatt. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Cryptocurrency bros are, of course, as I've adapted from Urban Dictionary. I mean, the dictionary of cults. Young men who use social media to... Pro their hype beast excitement for cryptocurrencies <laughs> and are want to make long-term predictions often backed by memed and self-fulfilling financial charts <laughs> and crypto bros emerged from the blockchain and will die in the blockchain uh, for everyone who isn't a crypto bro a blockchain is just a continuously growing list of records called blocks which are linked together and secured digitally using cryptography aka mm. encryption the stuff that keeps <laughs> everything online something kind of like secure in other words blocks and the blockchain is kind of like a series of digital certified ledgers um, and this allows value to be inventoried mm. crypto bros are beholden to the decentralized quality and epic dunkability of the fact that they can use their massive gaming pc rigs to quote unquote mine value basically by doing math what are some <laughs> features of the Ethereus Society, Jake? Well, the five cosmic missions performed by the Ethereus Society are the most important aspects of their work. Uh, each of these Whoa. involves direct cooperation with advanced extraterrestrial intelligences known as cosmic masters. Ah, classic. Yes, although no physical contact with these beings is required for the missions to be performed successfully. In the cosmic mission known as Operation Prayer Power, 
Members and sympathizers meet on a regular basis and chant mantra and visualize spiritual energy being directed towards an individual who is praying in very dynamic fashion. I've known that only as Operation PP. Uh, <laughs> I did not know it's stood for prayer power. Go on. Uh, the person praying is in turn directing this energy into a spiritual energy battery, a, ah, yes. a special piece of apparatus which can store spiritual energy for release in times of need to bring about healing, peace, and upliftment. I do want to show you what this I looks was like just when it happens. What that looks like. Oh my. Fa. <laughs> is that the battery right there? That the guy's aiming his fingers at? Yes. That is awesome. <laughs> yep. Holy moly. Look at that lineup behind him, too. He has duped some bored older folks. <laughs> He's looking good doing it, though. Look at that. He's like in his zone. Yes, he is. He's in his zone. <laughs> wow. Um, so one last piece of information here I'll give before I pass it out to you. Uh, the society organizes regular pilgrimages to holy mountains, as uh, as you do. Pilgrims come together to send out spiritual energy to the world as a whole, their prayers being highly pot uh, potentized because of the energy contained within the holy mountain itself. What's some stuff about uh, Crypto Bros? My goodness. So some stuff about Crypto Bros. I would, I'll provide three major practices, let's say, of the Crypto Bros, one of which, of course, is ripping on a jewel vaporizer inside and close enough to you and with so much pent-up ferocity that they drain the cartridge in an afternoon of talking at you about Bitcoin. <laughs> Another would be continuing to rip on their jewel while getting frustrated that you still don't understand how Bitcoin is produced or why people invest in digital and decentralized currencies. And a third would be holding up a select handful of better-known cryptocurrency investors who actually have been able to generate a shocking amount of value from this complex, but financially volatile endeavor as financial proof that this shit is for real. And we should all have invested back in 2009. So, Jake, in the Ethereum Society, how many members are there? What do they call themselves? I think they just call themselves members of the Ethereum Society. <laughs> like Why not? Completely special. And probably a few hundred. Speaking as a member yourself. Yeah. And for the crypto bros, there are probably thousands. Uh, and they, I would imagine, either call themselves forward-thinking revolutionaries or cautiously optimistic <laughs> underdogs. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> So, what can we expect out of the Ethereum Society today in the NCAA device? Well, we can expect, uh, for offense, probably commemorations. Uh, the Ethereum Society holds commemoration services to celebrate some of the most significant cosmic events in recent history, such as the primary initiation of the Mother Earth on July 8th, 1964. Such commemorations give reverence and power to these important happenings. I like it. Uh, as far as defense goes... They perform what's called spiritual healing, which is not the same as faith healing, because they think it can be very important, uh, very helpful to people, regardless of if they believe or not, but should also be coupled with actual medical uh, attention, depending on what your needs are. So classic. Yeah. And uh, as far as wild card trait or ability, um, I'd say they're lectures and workshops, probably. Uh, they have lectures and workshops on spiritual <laughs> healing, extraterrestrial life, UFOs, karma, reincarnation, spiritual energy, prayer, yoga philosophy, enlightenment, psychic development, intuition, the Mother Earth, Holy Mountains, Ascended Masters, and more. Wow. I would love to take a course on Holy Mountains. <laughs> the Crypto Bros, you might expect one of their strongest defensive moves to be buying a non-fungible token of a digital artist's work from a Christie's auction house for the U.S. dollar equivalent of $69 million in a cryptocurrency oh that they borrowed from the Ethereum Society called Ethereum. <laughs> 
I suspect if they are uh, put upon by the Ethereum Society, they may blow a cloud of vaporized nicotine solvent so dense that they will not be able to see them finally leave their party at 2 a.m., even though they started asking politely that they please do go <laughs> at 11 p.m. the previous day. <laughs> and I think a notable wildcard trader ability will be being able to once again hide white male privilege inside of the purportedly neutral space of a new economic endeavor. <laughs> all right. Well, they are both now going into the machine with the setting all ready for them. Let's uh, let's see what happens. Mm, very anxious. The Ethereum Society has reigned oh, victorious. What an incredible relief! All right, they'll be moving on to, to the it. the semifinal for the Earth Division. Nice. That is. Awesome. Let's turn our attention to the planetary division quickly um, and see what happens between the Freedomites and the Congregation for the Light. Yes. Congregation for the Light, also known as just the Light. Mm -hmm. You probably already know this is going to be bad if they're calling themselves the Light. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to Cat Lee on Medium and Kate Bricolet on New York Post. LOL. For some of the following content as well. So the light is New York City's worst kept secret doomsday cult. Um, <laughs> they were founded in the 1960s with teachings germinated in 19th century England by a married couple upsettingly known as the Wyeths, which is making me want to change my name. <laughs> they apparently woke from a shared dream and wrote down all that they could remember. The light's first leader during the 60s and 70s was Morris Kate. He believed that after Doomsday took place, members would be reincarnated on a planet called Nay, Ooh. be genderless, and have no stomachs. Hmm. The Light's members believe that they descended from a master Aryan race, there it is, mm. on Atlantis, there it is, mm -hmm. and that in a previous life, we all lived on the moon. There it is. That's a that's a hat trick if there ever was one. Uh -huh. The current leader is a man in his late 70s named Tom Bear, who looks like an angry jelly bean <laughs> and believes he was once an Apache and, go figure, thinks of the group not as a cult, but as a, a religion. And mm -hmm. I will share a picture of him now okay. so that you can confirm upset jelly belly status. <laughs> there we go. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. Oh, he's so angry. And so jelly bean. He's a grumpy jelly bean, that guy. Fittingly, we were recording this on Easter, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. The candy of Christ. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the uh, Freedomites. Freedomites, uh, not a ton to talk about with them. They were just like, that thing happened back in history. And they started in 1902 in Saskatchewan. They were a spiritual Christian group who separated from the Dukobors, I think, maybe is how you say it, which is another spiritual Christian group of Russian origin. Hmm. The main thing is they opposed land ownership, public schools, using work animals, etc. Uh, they're mainly known for protesting nude. Wow. Yeah. Cutting loose. Oh, my God. So what, what are some major... What, what, what friggin' those people do? What's the light do? Well, everyone, get ready for some of the most unoriginal cult shit trademark <laughs> ever. Most women are not allowed to attend higher education, and those oh who boy. do must do so in the New York area, as to not miss the weekly meeting. Oof. 
marriage is mostly between members, although a member is allowed to marry an outsider if they convert. Hmm. It is also very common for young women to have arranged marriages with older members of the congregation. Hmm. And non-members of the light, referred to as (laughs) no-nots, are perceived as hazardous. No shit. Members are instructed to have minimal to no contact with no-nots. Children who are not indoctrinated until their teens are also told to stay away from non-member children. So, way to be original, <laughs> the light. Yep. How about those freedomites? Freedomites. Well, other than uh, frolicking naked and uh, hating everything that helps support their community, I guess. Well, that's the thing. It's not. Um, it's not stuff that uh, helps support their community. It's stuff that would be kind of. Uh, Get in the way of them having their own community. So they met in simple buildings, ah. sat on benches, prayed in Russian, sang religious hymns and songs in Russian, and spoke about matters of religious and community interest, mostly in Russian. They emphasized basic traditional Russian communal living and action. So growing food, building homes, living a peaceful rural life, ecstatic religious doctrine when agitated for protest, and anarchic attitudes towards external regulation. So really, hmm. they just wanted to do their own thing and be left alone. That's basically their whole deal. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Why not? Uh, what what do members of the light... So they call non-members uh, no-nots, is that correct? Correct. So what do they call themselves, and how many are there? I think they just call themselves no-ers. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what they call themselves, uh, but as of 2018, this cult has around 200 members in New York and more in D.C. and Atlanta. How about those... Free ball and freedomites. <laughs> um, other than freedomites, they also call themselves God's people and Svobodniki, which means sovereign people. At their height, maybe around 2,500 folks, something like wow. that. Yeah. Nice. Well, the, it sounds like the numbers game is in their favor. Yes. Well, when we see these cults go into the machine, we might expect the light members to use as one of their strongest offensive moves, teaching their members how to shoot guns and fight in hand-to-hand combat oh dear. in preparation for the apocalypse, which is a pretty discouragingly intense offensive move. They also can back this up with their defensive maneuver, which is successfully conning members into leaving their estates to the cult upon their deaths. Oh, dear. Unfortunately, they're also quite adaptable. One of their wildcard traits or abilities is being able to change their doomsday date at least twice, if not more times, to accommodate <laughs> the Naturally. <laughs> calendar. How about those those lovable goofballs from Russia with love? Uh, Freedomites, some of them were known for arson and later for bombings, all performed Yikes. while nude. So pretty strong offensive oh, moves. Um, these that's brave. Were, that's like barbarian should, status right there. Yeah. I will specify that this is all directed at property, not at people. So ah. um, as the government of Canada, of British Columbia specifically, tried to impose more uh, regulation on what they were doing and just kind of get their fingers in that pie, uh, they would respond by trying to burn or blow up stuff <laughs> <laughs> while naked. Uh, the best defensive maneuver is uh, burning their own money and possessions and parading nude in public. Nice. And uh, wild card, I don't think I included. So, <laughs> That's the most wild card of all. We'll yeah. see what happens next. Well, let's see what happens. I'm hoping that the Freedomites, as they engage with the light for 10,000 years, 
uh, will forever be able to rediscover the lights one building where they have their weekly meeting in New York City, which is a known address, which I will not at all disseminate here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but hopefully they'll be able to burn that building down naked. <laughs> They're in the machine now. It's running and it looks like the light will be moving on to the semifinal Oof. for the planetary division. A an ironically very dark day despite their name <laughs> i'm sorry to hear it and we'll just have to see them again soon <laughs> yep let's let's carry on to the final set in our uh quarterfinal quarter division of the planetary division what am i saying uh-huh. <laughs> our quarterfinal bracket quarter it's the quarterfinal <laughs> in the quarterfinals <laughs> of the planetary division uh do you want me to go first or do you want you to go first I think I want me to you go first. Great. So I'm talking about Econ Car. I think that's how you say that. I am pleased to report that I once again am re- reading in entirely their own words. Yikes. Econ uh, Car means co-worker with God. It is oh. the destiny of each soul to become a conscious living vehicle for God's love. Ek, mm. E-C-K, is another word for the Holy Spirit or life force which can be experienced as light and sound. is also known as the audible life stream. Soul can wow. become one with this uh, life current, with the voice of God. Every instance of the word soul that I'm going to read here today is a uh, proper noun and just by itself, no article before. It's not the soul, a soul. It's just soul. Ekon uh, Kar teaches simple creative exercises that unlock deep inner reserves of truth you have attained over lifetimes. The spiritual exercises of Ek are designed to help you expand your awareness and have greater control of your life. Practiced privately and at your own pace, these exercises can be fine-tuned to achieve your own spiritual goals. Hmm. Has a bit of a Scientology vibe. Yes. Econ Carr's headquarters were originally in Las Vegas, Nevada, under, uh, excuse me, Nevada, under the leadership of Darwin Gross. The organization was moved to Menlo Park, California in 1975. Then 1986, Harold Klemp, um, was the new head, and he moved the base of operations to Chanhassen, Minnesota. In other mm. words, it's about a 25-minute drive from my apartment and, like, Whoa. just northeast of Paisley Park. So it's just down the road. I have for sure driven by it at least once and not realized it. It's oh right there. Gosh. You should go check them out. Yes. <laughs> well, we have on the other side the Peloton Peddlers. Oh, boy. And if you don't know, Peloton is an exercise equipment and media company based in New York City. Who knows how close to the Lights headquarters. Mm. The World Peloton refers to the main group of riders in a road bicycle race. And this is the feeling the company aims to bring to its members, I mean customers, when they purchase (laughs) its incredibly high-end and popular bikes. Uh, Once purchased, their gear allows users to stream dynamic guided workouts from ridiculously fit, beautiful, approachable, straight-up hot Men and women <laughs> who dangle on the screen like affable, fuckable carrots in front of your lonely horse face. You can call Peloton a cult, sure, but really they're just the best at-home fitness experience. Honestly, the best community a person can have without going outside or seeing anyone in person or putting on real clothing. So what are some of the practices of Econcar? 
It's a deeply individualized creative practice. Uh, you can learn the art of contemplation, an interactive means of awakening the spiritual eye to explore the inner worlds of spirit. Just as each person is a unique individual, so too is each person's inner experience. Eckists are encouraged to practice the spiritual exercises of Eck 20 minutes a day. Establishing this hmm. sacred connection on a regular schedule, like a meal, brings the inner nourishment. Uh, brings inner nourishment one seeks. Brings the inner nourishment one seeks. Sorry. Uh, approached <laughs> with love and wonder, these creative what exercises. What kind of nourishment? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go on. Approached with love and wonder, these creative exercises uplift soul and offer a direct experience of the light and sound of God. Wow. How about Peloton? <laughs> so it felt like you were reading their copy. Um, <laughs> I'd summarize three of their main practices as follows. Uh, being hot and financially solvent. <laughs> being physically fit. And having fun doing all of those things for just about $2,500 to start. And just about $40 a month forever after that. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, how many members are in Ekarkan? Ekarkan. Yeah. Uh, there are upwards of 50,000 Ekists, as what they call themselves, in over 120 Oof. countries. About wow. Peloton. 50,000. Gee whiz. Yeah. That's cool. Seems like a harmless thing, though. And for Peloton, I didn't run the exact numbers or anything, but it's safe to say that everyone listening either has a Peloton bike, <laughs> is considering buying a Peloton bike, or will buy into Peloton <laughs> at some point in the future. It is inevitable. <laughs> Uh, uh, so yeah, what would what would be some of uh, Ekon Carr's moves? Ekists, what are they bringing to the table? Well, they um, probably their best offense is the fact that they are uh, too much of a vague New Age Eastern inspired sort of thing to be able to really pin down what exactly they do or are about. Nice best defensive maneuver, probably pilgrimage to a holy mountain, which is you know what you do. And uh, wildcard trait, uh, I say, is their optional yearly membership fee of 60 bucks a person. It's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, I think Peloton's going to answer that by being the fastest, smartest, and sexiest coach bag of a stationary bike <laughs> that goes nowhere but still manages to fill up your living room and your sense of worth. I just put under best defensive maneuver, whether the screen is on or off, no one has to see or hear you cry. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, a notable wild card trait or ability for, for Peloton. Uh, they also sell a treadmill and other stuff. Oh. If you want that or whatever. There you go. Uh, and it's expensive. Great. Well, let's usher them into the machine on either end here. Have it ready to go. Here we go. Let's see who will reign victorious in right. the final quarterfinal match of this thing. Ekon Car. Uh, <laughs> All right. Thank goodness. Well, <laughs> it seems like Peloton's at-home coaching was not enough. We can all breathe a sigh of relief and move <laughs> on to the semifinal showdown. But first, the halftime show. I see it's getting set up now. We must turn our attention to some different cursed hardware that we have yes. in our possession, which can only mean a halftime round of... Shadowlands Roulette. Yes, of course. These are the large Prices Right style wheels made of bone, machine, and blood <laughs> that rolled up out of the ocean towards us one day, and we have been spinning them ever since. 
And we are joined as well by the cursed coin, <laughs> which at this point is the size of a kitty swimming pool, <laughs> and yet can wrap around my body. Oh no. Like some kind of disgusting blanket. We use the coin to determine which uh, of the wheels we spin. The wheels are known as the dreaded wheel of states and the repulsive wheel of other countries. Of other countries. These both direct us to the shadowlands.net, which is an ancient website from, I think, 1994, <laughs> full yes. of accounts from all over the country and also world of uh, ghostly goings on. And uh, once we have selected a wheel, a place, we will then read a story. And with that, Jake, dare I flip the coin? Sure. Let me just get this thing up off of my body. Yep. Kind of peel it off of you. Oh, God. (laughs) And it looks like it will be repulsive wheel of other countries. All right. All right. I'll just climb on up to the wheel here. Oh, Oh, boy. My goodness, that's high. It seems bigger every time. It really does. Alright, try and get it spinning. Oh, nice spin. My goodness. Alright, it's going, it's going, and it's landed on South South Africa. Africa. Alrighty. Interesting. Not been here. No. Move around and uh, landing on, what a surprise, Cape Town. (laughs) Cape Town Castle. This castle is probably world-renowned for its historical purposes. It was a castle built in the 1600s for protection of Cape Town Harbor against foreign invaders. Many slaves and traitors were held captive here and tortured Mm. to death. The castle is a museum today and open to the public. Off course, it's got quite a few spooks haunting it. The hole, a tiny cell with no windows, were used to torture the inmates. Oh no. No sunlight whatsoever entered this room slash cell. After time in the hole, the inmate would be blindfolded and taken out into the courtyard where the blindfold would be removed and they were forced to look at the sun and were blinded by doing so. Oh no. That hole screams of terror. Oof. God. Well, that's upsetting. An uncharacteristically gross entry (laughs) (laughs) or should I say a characteristically gross entry yes alright should I flip the coin for you now Wyatt oh if you must which you must I must okay see if I can just get it off the ground and flip it over okay oh my and it is on the dreaded wheel of states dear god alright here we go I'm gonna climb up there alrighty Got myself this ladder, but it's not really helping me at all. Oh yeah. Here we go. Oh wow. Can he still hear me? <laughs> yeah. Especially with the, the very realistic yell, I can definitely hear that. Wyatt, you sound so far away. I thought I might. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> all right, nice spin. Very nice spin. You landed right on your microphone. Very handy. And it's going and it's landing on... Blood is splattering everywhere in New Mexico. New Mexico. All right, let's see. Going into the Shadowlands now. Whoa. Grant's Econo Lodge. 
<laughs> Sounds terrifying. I was drawn here by the yellow font. Oh boy. Let me begin. No one is allowed on the third floor. It now is used as a storage. <laughs> From the swimming pool, you can see people looking down at you. You can hear footsteps screaming and the elevators going up there. The elevators don't even work. Someone appears in the kitchen. You feel a coldness upon you. December 2003 edition. They say it's just a fake. People are forgetting about it. No newspaper can be found. It like the town has covered it up. Some locals say they know there's something there. They heard a maid was murdered there. She was talking some towels up to a man, and when she got to his room, he grabbed her and murdered her in his room on the oh, third no. floor. The police tape is still on the left wing of the third floor. People say that if you go to the room that it happened in, that you can still smell blood and that the room is very cold. If you go at just the strike of midnight, you can hear her screams and moans. All the rooms that don't have numbers on the door are said that something happened in those rooms. <laughs> the hotel, it filled with evil. And people say that if you sleep on the second floor of the under the room that it happened in, that you can hear her, you can hear here yelling and cry for help. Wow. Truly terrifying. <laughs> Possibly the scariest story we've had yet. Potentially the scariest story I've ever read. Oh my gosh. Wow. Whew. Oh well. And this has, of course, been Shadowlands Fruitland. Um, um, well, that was a nice relaxing halftime that I I think definitely is a fun activity. Not something that I think has had any uh, uh, long-term costs for our souls. The fact that my hair gets grayer every time I chalk up to having fun. <laughs> the semifinal round is about to begin. It is indeed. We see Chen Tao marching back out. As well as the Aetherius Society. Each of them looking very strong. Yes. Very ready to engage. Let's let's go back down to the so called field to get a little more information about both of these cults. Jake, do you want to tell us a little more about the Aetherius Society? Bye. <laughs> sure. Uh so where do I have this written down? Uh okay, here we go. <laughs> Um, so another fun fact about the Ethereum Society, they, or at least George King, the British taxi driver who first created the, uh, the, the group, um, claimed to be responsible for averting some of the most horrible disasters in history, namely throughout the Cold War. So through their spiritual practices, they say they were able to av avert various nuclear wars. Very, very helpful of them. We appreciate that. Also, something called nice. the Saturn mission I thought should be shared. The mission was devised by cosmic masters from Saturn which is the most advanced planet in the solar system. Interesting. Uh, this mission was given to Earth through Dr. King. Oh, he's a doctor. He has a lot of titles that slowly accrued over time. Uh, right. Just kind of, they just kind of happened. It was given to Earth through Dr. King and began in 1981. A spiritual energy battery is charged with high quality spiritual energy by cosmic masters and then taken onto a boat and released over a psychic center of Earth. The spiritual energies released are not, for the most part, going into the psychic center, but are amalgamated with the natural flow of energy from the center. Whoa. Saturn mission has two main results. Firstly, it helps to bring about world peace. So that's cool. Secondly, nice. very high frequency energy is sent to the Devic kingdom, 
which helps to bring about stabilization of natural conditions on Earth. Let's hope they can do that to help with climate change. Yes. And Jake, should we join this cult if they win, in your opinion? They actually seem pretty inclusive and stuff, so sure, why not? I could dig it. Yeah. All right, how about, uh, how about Chen Tao? What's some more stuff about them? Well, uh, before Chen hung up the old, uh, the old banner, anyone who ate meat would face retribution from the spiritual world. Oh, wow. And may have been visited in their dreams by animals seeking explanations for their deaths. For example, he said, if you often eat the buttocks of chicken, <laughs> you will soon find you have a pain in your ass. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think uh, if this cult wins, we don't need to join. They've dissolved. And plus, even if we did, no harm, no foul, since uh, their leader kind of just quit. So All right. Yeah. There you have it. Let's see what happens. Who will advance to the finals? They're going in now. And we have this set, I think, for the semifinals, we have it set to now, uh, let's see, 100,000 years, just to make sure we can really know what happens. Dear God. uh, Get it going and the Ethereus Society. Wow, we'll be moving on. Wow, nice spirit batteries taking it away. Yep, they're fully fully charged up and ready to uh, advance to the finals. That is fun. Well, that's it they... for the Earth Division fi- uh, semifinals. So indeed, let's turn now to uh, Planetary Division. Mm-hmm. We have, we of course, have the horrifying cult of congregation for the light over here uh-huh. i will add in that as for belongings for the members uh they may not own any decorations mm. that do not contain either the symbol of the x uh which is their greeting sign apparently okay <laughs> or an owl which watches over the members so unless something has x's uh, something has an x or an owl in it or is it uh, nothing goes up on the walls, and uh, I would say if they win this whole thing, uh, we should leave them inside of the NC AAA device and build a new one. <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Jake, how about your guys? Funny you mentioned the symbol of the X uh, for the Econ Car. They have the symbol of the Ek. It's their logo. It's just this kind of E and a K in a very like 70s style uh, <laughs> logo. Um the uh, selection of each new living Ekmaster originates with the Sugmad, Ekkar's name for God. The living Ekmaster trains and names his successor. Uh, now, it's a he, it's only been men so far, but any woman or man can attain God realization and become an Ekmaster in this lifetime. The Ek teachings recognize that the true identity of each individual is soul, which, like God itself, has no gender. Mm. That said, every soul who is training for the role of the Mahanta, the living Ekmaster, in that lifetime chooses a male body. Soul needs the atom structure of a male body in the physical world to become the spiritual leader. The choice is made before birth. Well, so (laughs) difficult codifications going on there. Great word choice, though. Love Uh, all the uh, (laughs) new words. Yep. I can add to my... So should, should we join them? <laughs> I'm increasingly wanting to hang out with the Ethereum Society and blast spirit energy at a battery. <laughs> I think um, that sounds great. And or blast like it at, at Saturn. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's see what happens. This seems like a lose-lose situation. Whoever kind of does. Whoever comes out of this box, in they go. 
The Light versus Ankai Car. They're in there now. 100,000 years are passing for them. And... Ekon Car! Oh, <laughs> thank the gods. Wow. I have to say, they're gross, but they're not nearly as bad sounding as The Light. Yeah, so... That concludes the Planetary Division and the semifinals. Uh, only goofballs moving on to the final, it sounds like. Some, wow. Some uh, alien-y, space-agey good times to be had in this final of My goodness. the super duper uh March, March Matterness, Matterness competition. <laughs> So let me just want to just let us. Yeah. Tell us all about these two. Yeah. So the last little piece of information I have about them are really just, um, you know, what what is their main motivation for being in this competition? What who wants it more? Who what are they really invested in here if they're going to try and win the Ethereum Society? Uh, their goal, if they are able to win, is just get us all charged the hell up with positive orgone. And ideally, they want us to get fully invested in any and all bonkers, banana sandwich, cuckoo town, alleged alien communications they might have heard. Sounds so, good. yeah, if we can get on board with any of that, then uh, we're good to go. As for Econ Car, their main motivation is just to out New Age everybody so hard that we all achieve enlightenment and sheer surprise. <laughs> all right. So, we'll, well. Put, put them both back in the machine one final time. How long should we set this for? They've been doing a lot of cosmic stuff. They have, I think there's a lot of reincarnation involved for some of them. So, maybe they need some time to do a lot of stuff. I don't know. Should we give them like. Let's- Set it to seven hundred and forty-five billion one hundred and twenty-two <laughs> million three hundred and fifty-six thousand five hundred and one years and three days. All right, that one three days. That is on. Okay, cool. And now we will see who wins the twenty twenty-one uh, super superstitious March Madness thing. Um, <laughs> it is the Ethereum Society. Boom! All right, that's a big win. That's a big win. <laughs> wow! All right. Well, it sounds like we're gonna be charging up some spirit batteries, uh, hanging out with aliens. Oh my god! Stuff I like that. Wait. All right. Well, so let's see. Let's go to. Let's go live now on the field with the Ethereum Society. <laughs> And by the way, speaking of the birth of Jesus, we really have to say from the outset that the true birth date of the Master Jesus was March the 15th. So that's the day that we should be celebrating Christmas, not December the 25th. And Jesus had to be born as a Piscean. He had to be born under the sign of Pisces. Why? Because he, one of his key tasks was to herald in the Piscean Age. He was the avatar of the Piscean Age cryptic words <laughs> well there you have it yeah the ethereum society from their uh, specifically from their la base i think that may have been ethereum's law society ethereum's law <laughs> but yes this is a true delight to get to do again yes there are some great contenders today it's great to see these uh these fresh faces out on the field i'm sure some of these are going on to the big time the w which we all know is the world cult world championship cult. whoop-off and uh, maybe we'll see something along those lines uh, in the next year or so. Who knows? And uh, yeah, otherwise, thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Do check us out on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Uh, it helps boost the visibility of the show. Yeah. And um, 
Otherwise, consider jumping on the old Patreon if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Uh, even a dollar a month will get you entered into our Patreon appreciation. Neural dive for evaluation of risk. Yes. That's the pander function. Patreon? I think we forgot to tell you at the, at the outset, but that's what that is. <laughs> and now you know that so you want it, right? Okay, cool. Yes, really. We love your support. Hope you've enjoyed the show. And uh, yeah. Thanks. Catch ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs>